Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is day two of Forum, the talks and performance program of 154. The title for the whole program is Living Room, and our idea is to explore throughout the different talks and panels the political potentials of intimacy. And I won't say more because this kind of gets then discussed in many different ways uh, across the different panels. Today's conversation is titled Living Archive, Performance After Apartheid. So we'll be speaking mainly about South Africa with Jay Pather and Oluremi Onabanjo. I will introduce them briefly and then I will let them very freely have a conversation. Um, Oluremi Onabanjo is a curator and historian who focuses uh, on photography and the arts of Africa. Um, she studied African studies studies at Columbia University and visual material and museum anthropology at Oxford University. She is currently director of exhibitions and collections for the Walther Collection project space in Chelsea here in New York. Um, she's curated numerous exhibitions there. Um, a recent one is uh, entitled Recent Histories, Contemporary African Photography and Video Art which came also with a, a book, a publication by Steidel, and I definitely recommend the publications that come out of the Walter Collection. They're incredible volumes. Uh, Jay Pather is visiting us from South Africa. Uh, he is Associate Professor at the University of Cape Town. He is also the Director of the Gordon Institute for Performing and Creative Arts, and Artistic Director of Siwela Sonki Dance Theater. He works both as a choreographer and a curator of photography, of uh, dance and, I mean, I was going to say choreography, dance and performance, let's say, <laughs> as well as um, a scholar who writes uh, about uh, performance and its aesthetic and political dimensions. Um, Jay Pather's practice involves a strong focus on public art. He is the curator for the Infecting the City Public Art Festivals, um, and the, um, the, the Gordon Institute for Performing and Creative Arts Festivals and serves on the board of the National Arts Festival of South Africa, among others. Um, I will also mention that this conversation is presented in partnership with ICI, Independent Curators International, where uh, Jay will also give a talk this coming Tuesday evening, uh, more specifically about his own practice. Um, but today it will be a conversation between the two of them on a certain number of issues and artists that intrigue them and interest them in the context of performance after apartheid. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you so much for this invitation, Omar, and for all of you for being here. Um, I'm really looking forward to starting this discussion. Um, what I thought would be an important thing to kind of foreground um, a few of these images that I'm going to show is just to give a bit of context and, and, and a few entry points for us to talk about um, notions of archives as they live, as they breathe, with relation to South Africa um, and the post-apartheid. So what does it mean um, for us to focus on presence rather than the passage of time, to think about narratives as they're constructed in relation to space, um, but also to think about intimacy and atmospheric images um, or positions of the body um, 
um, within space and time. Um, so I had a few um, images I wanted to show, and then of course I'll pass it along to Jay and then we can kind of um, have this discussion. But um, as Omar mentioned, I'm the director of exhibitions and collections for the Walther Collection. Um, and recently there was an exhibition that I'd uh, co-organized um, entitled Recent Histories, Contemporary African Photography and Video Art. And um, three of the photographers we'd, we um, had collaborated with had come through the Market Photo Workshop, which was founded by David Goldblatt in Johannesburg in 1989, um, which of course is notably prior to the quote-unquote watershed moment of democracy in 1994 within South Africa. Um, but each of these artists have relations to that space um, and also are thinking a lot about um, personal archives. So the first um, photographer is Mimi Chironongok, who's a Kenyan photographer, but had um, moved to Johannesburg um, and spent a lot of time within Johannesburg and Cape Town in South Africa, um, nine years after um, South Africa became uh, democratic. So she, um, her relation to this space um, is one that is not necessarily of an individual who has spent time as a national, but is uh, very much still rooted in that context and is thinking about her images um, as ones that can maybe unhinge our notions of um, linear narratives of time. Um, Mimi's images are melancholic. Um, let me see if this is on. Yeah. Um, they unfold and unravel um, across various um, spaces and locations. Um, but these images that I show you are coming from a 2017 um, installation. She does not think about her images as series, um, entitled, uh, Do You Miss Me? Sometimes, Not Always, um, which in and of itself is dialogic, right? We're thinking about um, what images can tell us as we're remembering a particular individual. And in this case, um, that installation was in um, reference to Sabiso Segala, who is a South African photographer also who spent time at the Market Photo Workshop and was a close friend of Mimi's. Um, so as, as I'm thinking about these, these images or thinking with Mimi through these images, um, it's important to think also about um, how do we look at the performance of an identity or the mapping of an identity um, through emotional means, through um, atmospheric means, right? So here we're encountering images of bodies, right? In the, in the far back, you have these two uh, individuals walking on a path, but it's about um, remembrance. It's about solace, right? Finding solace in oneself or other individuals, um, but also very much rooted in um, an emotion, right? And recreating that photographically is one that I think is a big challenge, but also important to consider um, within the context of a post-apartheid South Africa where photographs were very much deployed um, throughout the process of, of um, the apartheid struggle to communicate a particular narrative. So what does it mean that contemporary artists are using the medium as a means of um, projecting intimacy? Um, I wanted to show an installation image with this um, this body of work because also Mimi not only is looking at these images as something abstract, but is also slicing um, them as collages. So it allows us to walk through um, a particular space with her. And then of course there are shadows and um, glimpses of particular subjects, in this case Tobiso Segala, um, allowing us to consider what it means to memorialize an individual who has passed. Um, Tobiso had committed suicide in 2014. Um, and of course it's in memoriam of him, but also of a particular time. 
Um, and so I thought that was important for us to consider as we're looking through living archives. How do you archive um, memories? How do you archive spaces? Um, where, what, what do you do when the starting point is something that is personal rather um, than political, but is very much infused with that uh, sentiment? So in that, of course, I wanted to um, also introduce Tabiso Segala's work. Um, these are images from a 2011 um, series that he had done entitled Homelands um, that shows a series of portraits of um, individuals who were born after 1994 um, within spaces that were um, relegated um, to the outskirts of labor sites with, um, re with relation to Johannesburg. Um, and of course, were very much coded racially. There were places where um, black South Africans were relegated as quote unquote Bantustans, um, but were also places of um, community. There were sites where we can consider um, the, tra the traumas of, um, of the social politics, of the spatial politics of uh, South Africa. Um, but then here he offers us a palpamcestic a um, opportunity to think about space and subject, because of course these are in, in individuals who were born at the moment after these sites um, may not be coded as um, overtly as ones that are just for black South Africans, um, but yet again are places of home. Um, I think he has such a, a romantic or a melancholic um, valorization of the subject in these images. And um, again, right, we're thinking about archiving individuals, archiving spaces, but also unhinging that by starting with the personal. And so um, in this case, when we had done the installation, it was also um, thinking about how these individuals can locate themselves within a space, but then again is very much mediated by the perspective of the photographer. And so we try to communicate that. And of course, for me, um, in relation to these links between their practices, um, we had had Mimi's installation in a room that foregrounded Tabiso's work. So again, thinking about the relationship between practitioners, um, one that is very much atmospheric rather than linking directly from one person to another. And also um, juxtaposing images of particular sites and spaces as well as subjects. And then, of course, Labahang um, Khanye's Kelefalaka, which is a series um, that was started in 2011, um, was the last kind of entry point I wanted to bring, and I think is the one that relates the most strongly to notions of performance, but also um, perhaps I think can give us figures that destabilize these notions of performance as something that has to um, appease or communicate something. Because here um, in Kelefalaka, also known as her story, um, it's her intervention on a family archive where she's thinking about um, the passing of her mother um, and she's reenacting her mother um, in images that are quite beautiful, intimate, um, very much rooted in a particular time period in South Africa, that one of the apartheid era, but also gives you a different sense of um, black female subjectivity. In other images, um, she produces quote unquote, uh, false double exposures, where she brings her mother's body into the presence and she becomes the ghostly form. Um, so in this case, you see Lebohang to the left and her mother to the right. So Lebohang, of course, is the body that is one that um, spatiotemporally occupies our present, but here she's the specter of um, her mother's form. So thinking about figuration with relation to archives that do live and breathe, um, because this is one that is a personal archive, it's not one that is a political one, but yet does communicate a specific political existence. 
And so, of course, not only the relations between her and her mother, but relations between her mother and other black women and men uh, within South Africa, within um, various contexts of um, happiness, of quietude, of exuberance. Um, I think, again, in relation to thinking about um, black intimacy, spaces of black healing, um, this project is one that's particularly important because um, you think about the process of um, one coming to terms with the death of an individual, but also celebrating what that life. Um, and also thinking about going through the roots of um, what trauma or pain that may have been enacted on, onto that individual's body, but also finding um, in the face of it all, moments of excitement, um, happiness, um, and places where the black body can live and just be. And so you see Lebohang, of course, again in the shadows. Um, so to recreate this, of course, from a curatorial perspective was one where we wanted to make sure that the images were intimate and small to invite one to come in closer, um, which, of course, to me, links to another installation of Mimi Trono and Gok's work where she brings us closer. So I feel like a lot of these artists, well, these three artists specifically are in dialogue, um, and I thought it would provide us with a few moments or ways to think about um, atmospheric constructions of archives rather than narrative-driven ones, ones where we can think about presence um, rather than the passage of time. And of course, from a compositional perspective with Lebo's work, but also I think um, through the concepts that drive Tabiso Segala's work and Mimi's, it's one where we can unhinge this notion of time and perhaps interrogate what the myth of the post-apartheid is. Um, and so with that, I will pass it to Jay. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I have a habit of passing mics. <laughs> Pass the mic. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your mic. That's <laughs> fine. Um, hello, everyone, and thank you very much for coming. Uh, and uh, thank you, Omar and Kafiwe and Went254 uh, and uh, also the ICI for having me. I'm uh, really happy to be here. I, 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 you know, I think it's an important uh, point. It was an interesting segue from. Uh, around the myth of um, of the post-apartheid state and what that means for us right now, um, because because at the at the dawn of democracy there was this Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which was ushered in as part of uh, Nelson Mandela's um, project of reconciliation of uh, of, of of healing, um, but. It was. Uh, it has been. It has come up for uh, strong criticism in the past ten years, uh, and especially as the uh, economic inequities of the country um, get more and more strident. Fifty-five percent of the country's population live in poverty, and that's the poverty line is about forty dollars a month. Um, that's 55% of the country's population, and of course, uh, all, almost that, that entire number is uh, black African. The, these economic um, asymmetries are mirrored in uh, a society that, that has certain kinds of tensions and forces that uh, no longer can subscribe to the grand narrative 
of the TRC project. You know, the TRC was was very much, you know, let's all get together, let's talk, and let's confess, and let's hug, and uh, you know, we'll be we'll be fine. There were no talks of uh, reparations. There was no talk about land redistribution, uh, about the wealth. Uh, none of that, and. It hasn't changed, even with the black government who had the capacity to, 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 to change laws, to introduce ways in which that could be taken care of. Uh, not much has happened until very recently with the articulation of that by Cyril Ramaphosa, the new president, at, at the beginnings of an articulation of that. Now, it's, it's so, I th you know, I think that this... Um, it's a it's an odd image, but it's uh, it's the plinth where the Cecil John Rhodes statue lay uh, st stood at the University of Cape Town. That was quite an, uh, a searing moment a few years ago when Kumani Matwela uh, threw excrement at the um, at the statue and started a, a series of movements. First called Rhodes Must Fall, and then Fees Must Fall, and and several other uh, uh, movements. It it wasn't. The beginning, uh, of course, civil um, protests, etc., in the country carried on throughout um, throughout the last two, uh, 22 years uh, in response to the economic asymmetries, but also racial strife and uh, an intersection of forces of around class and gender, and as well as race. So, I guess I'm I'm, I'm trying to create that for for you to to also to appreciate the the levels of performances that might have to do with healing uh, or, or, or intimacy and how they exist in this kind of fractured society. The, I think so more and more the, the artists that we are, that I am working with with this live art festival um, are, are undoing forms. There is not much trust in the narrative, of course, but there isn't the, the, the narrative of healing has taken second place to the narrative of witness, of, of witnessing rupture, of witnessing in, in a very intimate, in a very quiet, in a very methodical way, uh, the, the processes of a, of, a, of a disrupted psyche. So I think a number of artists... Um, and I'll, I just I, I, I direct the Institute for Creative Arts. It used to be called, called the Gordon Institute for Performing Creative Arts. Now, the, um, uh, two years ago, it became the Institute, just the Institute for Creative Arts. And we um, we host something called the Live Art Festival, which is as, uh, also to recognise the the growth in performance in uh, in South Africa in particular. Uh, as well as uh, on the continent generally. Um, and the, these performances are, we must understand in terms of live art and in terms of uh, performance art, it's not just the legacy that comes from Europe. Uh, live art, the notions of immersion, etc., is quite inimical to classical African performance. And there's that trajectory as well as this, this encounter, this colonial encounter that has developed this... Um, European connection as well. So, yeah, I'm going to just shut up a little bit and show you uh, a video. Uh, this is a series of works uh, from the Live Art Festival. I'll just make you watch it and then for a bit. So many people are used to black bodies performing. Um, why can't black bodies be silent? 
What I hope becomes apparent um, in this talk is that black female artists or black feminist artists, scholars, and the so-called organic intellectuals have long known the power of the margin. The margin knows itself and the center, perhaps better than the center knows itself, a fact of our survival strategies. find it disruptive or disturbing or whatever it is, but what it is actually trying to do or test is generally articles work. It's a and, and, and it's an interesting take on finding the intimacy in political relations. This is a work uh, a critique of uh, uh, BP and Shell and the petroleum companies off the coast of Nigeria. Up there. I, um, uh, this is uh, Gadat by Usain and Hussein Isip, and they've taken this uh, this very very personal ritual of um, that was it, it was at the, at the time of of prayers being banned in during the apartheid uh, era. These forms were taken into song, and so they recreated this in in a in a very large public space. It's normally witnessed by only. You know, um, w you know, within the mosque. Um, this is Thuma Sapatela. Um, now, her work uh, has um, uh, has steadily been developing the last uh, two years. She, this work was called "The Chicken Has Laid Its Eggs." Uh, was at the Cape Town City Hall. She performed on um, on on cow dung. And um, it was a very, very slow and uh, meditative work. She had the audience really, really close to her. And she performed a series of actions. And I think her work is best described as situationist, uh, a series of actions that were incredibly, incredibly personal. And she, you know, the performance shifted every time she did it. It's, she's, she's, um, she has a series of ideas in her head, and depending on what the audience is doing at that time, and she confronts the audience quite, quite directly. But the, the politics of this starts to rupture in the middle of it, and she, she takes out a South African flag from her vagina and uh, draws um, Nkandla with Kaudang. Nkandla was a reference to the state president's residence, which she you know, used a lot of state money to, 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 to fund. And in, in those actions, this very, very personal ritual becomes wildly political. And I think that the slowness, the, the, the very, very pedantic way of operating it, of, of operating the, 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 the technical natures of this, of this work, uh, 
draws one into 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 something that you, where you one has to confront the state and what the state is doing to the personal psyche. And I think that it, you know it's it's emblematic. I think more and more of the kind of work that young people are doing. It's not the body as demonstrative. It's a it's a it's a body that's. Um, that is that is occupying itself with almost inane gesture and and slowly revealing the intimacy instead of the the big um, the big large uh, grand gesture of performance. This is uh, Mamela Nyamza. She uses uh, we've seen in the video as well. She uses uh, she and she, in this work she. Uh, reveals uh, Christian uh, rituals uh, inside of uh, of her church, and uh, at, she does this entire work with a with that dress, and she has a Bible between her legs, and uh, reveals it at the at the end. She does the entire work um, with, with that. Um, it's a it's a really really upsetting work, except uh, especially uh, knowing the fact that she is a very um, uh, devout Christian, uh, and it was it was incredibly upsetting for her. But she she really wanted to go through these intimate rituals of Christianity, and reveal the extent to which it condoned um, uh, sexist relationships inside inside the house. And as you know, uh, you, or you might have heard the the impact of this political and in uh, this political inequity in the country has found its way in the home where the, the levels of abuse of women is, um, are, very, are, are extremely high. And I think Mamela uh, connects with that. Uh, this is uh, Gabrielle Goliath. And I think this idea of intimacy and voice. She, um, she's a, she, she works with photography mainly, but she's moved into performance. And she's, this work is called Elegy. And she... Uh, she has um, each time she does it, she uh, dedicates it to a woman, uh, um, specifically a, a black lesbian woman that has been raped, and it's um, it's testament to the the frequency with which that kind of uh, that kind of violence happens in our country, and she 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 uses the, the these opera singers um, to she uses normally about twelve opera singers. Who come on that that plinth, and they sing the same note, uh, and they keep doing it over and over uh, until they get tired, until they stop, and um, it's a it's an incredibly moving and powerful work because you you saw it, right? Yeah, I was going to speak a little bit also just yeah to thinking about artists who are um, working within the performative but also of course within the photographic. I had seen Gabriel uh, Elegy in Bamako um, but for me it was also just we talked a little bit about um, the refusal to perform for something but finding oneself within situations that are being witnessed by others right um so and also witnessing right she is using this form as a means to witness and to acknowledge those um traumas that others have experienced um so i was wondering yeah i mean as we're thinking through these artists also what does it mean to to refuse to perform but still be in a performative context right. yeah yeah i um I think that the the I, uh, there is an artist in particular who I'll show Namsabisi Muyika. She um, she 
throughout the performance, like like now, she she may be doing something quite physical, but she speaks exactly what's going on in her head at the time, and she she talks. You know, she may be talking about the fact that she's hungry and she's talking about your blue shirt or, you know, it reminds her of her tablecloth or, or, or whatever it is she'll be, she'll be talking about. And this refusal to project, to, 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 to speak of a particular kind of an embodiment and, and keep to the, 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 the most real, the most urgent, the most immediate. Can I go on mm -hmm. a little bit? Uh, this is Ati Patruga. Uh, this work is called Ililwane. And um, uh, Ati was one of, uh, in, in, uh, as a closer-speaking as a person, he would normally have gone into the bush to be circumcised and go through the initiation ritual. And he, um, uh, he didn't do that. And uh, so uh, they are called, uh, um, in a very derogatory way, they're called Ililwane, which means a bat. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's quite a derogatory term. So he called this piece Ilawani, and he had his initiation in a pool, wearing red high heels with a bevy of um, uh, synchronized swimmers uh, at the bottom. Um, this is Iklia, a, a group of uh, women who um, who create these conversations around their artwork, uh, around their their creations inside a taxi. Inside, uh, you know, the taxi is, a, is the, the, the most common form of transport in South Africa. And, and this, they invite these intimate conversations and, you know, they, they can only deal with an audience of about two or three people at a time unless they're the people circling the, 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 the taxi. It's, it makes for a very interesting interrupted uh, uh, understanding and reading of the performance. Um, again, uh, Mamela Nyamza, but using um, using these these incredibly in intimate gestures to talk about larger political scenarios. This she's in the South African flag of the old uh, in beyond 1994, before 1994, and Fanisu Yisa, a partner uh, in the African National Congress colours, and Jalili Atiku, we've spoken about. Um, uh, Ikshan Adams uh, also uh, took a, a very uh, a very personal burial ritual and performed it. This is his father uh, wrapping him up, which he would do uh, when he died, um, uh, and if if his father was still alive, the the most um, the next in line, uh, the, the the closest person, the closest male person would wrap him, and he did this, and it was really uh, amazing. He, as he was being wrapped, he had his eyes opened, and it was a it was a really subtle, uh, subtle indication of not just the fact that he's alive and that he wasn't performing, talking about the performative, um, but that that he um, he was he was referencing a ritual that he wasn't quite sure about himself. So there was a, there's a certain kind of skepticism there as well. Um, there's Boise Trekwana uses this very collapsed, not refusal to perform uh, kind of work. He's, a, he's, he's trained as a classical ballet dancer and he does these really illogical pieces of work. They're very absurd. Um, and um, he, uh, this was this work uh, with the, 
you know, used, used all the, the tropes of, of classical African dance, etc., but really collapsed them, and so that they, they were very small, very disinterested, very illogical. Yeah, I'm thinking also about um, the atmospheric, right, and the iterative as it's playing itself out in these various contexts. I mean, yeah, I think, I think a lot about that in terms of, like, large and sp spatial installations. How can we suspend particular narratives that are very much embedded into the surface of a photograph? Um, of course, from the ephemeral nature of performance work, right? I mean, how is that playing itself out onto a body that, I mean, as we're talking through, right, is one that is... Um, Pushing back against notions of a specific coded performance, um, but yeah, how do we, how do you, how do you create atmospheric um, senses of self or senses of space, right, while still being bound in a body? Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think the, the um, I, 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 I think if I can, you know, bring bring it down to the use of gesture or the use of the of the of the real voice um eschewing um eschewing size um and and in inviting um i think many of the performances are also tend to be i mean a number of them have tended to be um um endurance work so that there is a certain kind of you you know Waiting. There, there, there's, there's the many, many performances like that, where there isn't a, there isn't an end in sight, and if it comes, it just slips away. You know, there isn't a, you know, the lights come down and, the, you know, and, and they come in and take her. This is Don Sabisi Moyeka's work. Um, I'm going to just carry on. Nelly Sieber Klaba, um, also using the familiar tropes of the, of the. Um, of the uh, the gaze of the colonial gaze on the on the African woman, and she her entire costume was made of of tampons, and uh, she she this was a very much an endurance performance as well. Mm -hmm. Just going to go through them. Uh, this is a very interesting artist, Tabocho Muniai, who erects these. Um, these shacks in the in the middle of the city with holes in them, and there are these um, these really really personal um, moments inside, but you can't actually see them unless you look through those holes, and you you can only uh, really uh, you you can't access everything of of the performance, and it really uh, you become. It's very disturbing because you can hear sounds, you can hear people crying, or you can hear someone saying something, but you you can't always see it co completely clearly, and you you are, you become more and more aware of um, other people watching the work, mm -hmm. um, and so he inverts this gaze in a really really interesting, powerful way. Sorry, I'm, I think um, if you should we open the conversation before because this is quite a long video and we yeah, can. Sure, we have yeah. yeah, I mean, I had one thing I wanted to talk about as well a little bit more. Um, I mean, thinking about presence um, rather than the passage of time was something that recurs a lot in the work that I'm doing, but also in what you're um, working through. And I think we also discussed um, or maybe touched on in each of our. Um, you know, ruminations on these artists, um, what it means to produce 
this work that is witnessing something that is going through um, a particular type of trauma, right? But it is also gesturing to the experiences of other people. Um, I also am recognizing, right, a lot of these stills are in the context of a festival that you organize. And so not only thinking about each narrative that is being destabilized, right, that is being deconstructed, that is made um, an iteration of one's one uh, perspective, but also is working in relation to one another. Um, so I was wondering also just from from your perspective as the curator or a choreographer of these various performances, what does it mean to do that work and create space for these things to happen? Oh, you must come to the Tuesday talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you can give because, us a little. <laughs> yeah. No, because because that's the that's the that's what I wrestle with in that talk uh, a lot. It's uh, and and you you're completely right for for asking that question. How do you create? As these these performances in a in a program, uh, uh, quite literally in this moment, how do you curate uh, crisis? Um, how do you curate in a in a state of crisis in these spaces of crisis? And when so much of the work seems to be about that, and I think more and more it's about uh, what I want as the death of the curator, uh, retreating more and more and trying to figure out ways in which the platform can do what curation is meant to do and, and, and take care and, and look after and, be, and take care of the relationship between the audience and the performer, but to, but to not over-determine it. Uh, and not to overdetermine, and we've, we've stopped using uh, themes or um, subjects for for a, for a collection of works. We've tried to allow the works to speak for themselves, and if they do have a link with with another work, then they then they do. Finding a way uh, to navigate um, curatorial intervention that is um, that is a lot more. Um, um, uh, generative and 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 restrain in understanding that many of these forms are um are uh, within our society anyway are are new and they're tapping into some some really really powerful uh, um affect and and you can't you can't um you can't um uh, overdetermined af affect. You can't. You can't. And you know. You, you know. The thing about performance that's really funny. Interesting. We're talking about it in art fair. You, you know. It's it's probably one of the most. Um, you know. The most uncommercial of 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 forms. You can't bubble wrap it and sell it. Uh, uh, and and uh, I and and you you almost have to figure out a way in which they could exist in the. In their in their authentic moment, in that in in that moment, and at the same time um, have the kind of impact that they could, but not do too much to overdetermine it. Um, and it's now finding strategies to uncurate, um, strategies to to step away, uh, and um, uh, yeah. I think also it's a question of reveling in the specifics too, right? Uh, speaking specifically to this. This moment where um, we are live right. I mean, within a South African context, right? You're like you're living through what it, what was promised, right? What was not um, manifest, right? Uh, grappling with personal questions of identity, of expectation, of sociopolitical struggle, right? Of um, intimacy, of sexual and gender orientation as they're playing themselves out on a political scale. 
but also retaining a specific moment, right? And allowing others to access that with them, yeah. um, which to me is really quite powerful. Um, yeah, on that note, I think we may allow others to join in on this conversation with us if there are questions. We have a microphone for record for questions, <laughs> if you like. Thank you both very much. Um, I came in a bit late, so regrettably this question may have been responded to already, but I'm just wondering about um, when you were saying uncurating, um, what sort of parameters you're thinking curatorial responsibilities might look like now um, that could still be responsive and responsible to the work? Oh, it's not when I say uncurating, it's not about... Um stepping away from those responsibilities. It's about caring in a way that is, um, that, that, that is, that is more about caring for the work and, and for how it lives in that moment and less about my own, um, my own stringing together of, uh, of, or, or, and, and over-determining what the work might be doing um, because so much of it is such fresh work uh, and especially with with performance and 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 particularly in terms of what's going on in South Africa right now, in uh, you know that it's becoming more more and one is getting more and more self conscious about being able to make artwork about crisis as it is happening, and you know the art world loves crisis, you know, <laughs> it, 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 and it, it it gentrifies it, it uh, it, um, uh, it 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 tries to hold it and give it give it some form. And I think these artists are becoming more and more conscious of that and are becoming and, and making us as curators more and more self-conscious of it. And to understand whether the work sits as a, as a, as a, as a space for some kind of an action, um, uh, you know, so works that are related to activism and whether it is just um, a, a, a symbolic representation of something very, very real that is happening right now. Maybe just to um, expand on that question a little bit, are there ways of your th that you're thinking about sort of reaching backwards or forwards in time or across a broader geographical range of references in your curatorial strategies? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Just because of performance being so much about the immediate present. Sorry? Just because of performance being so much related to an immediate present. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't Oh, because of... Oh. Because, because of performance being so much about an immediate present and like how we can think about other temporalities in that. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Or what would be an example of, uh, what would be an example of how you've pursued that? Um, we, you know, uh, I, I think I, I, I think I'm right in the middle of of where that, that because up to now, up to now, we were doing many programs of work. And I think with the rise of this Roads Must Fall and Fees Must Fall um, movements, the, 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 those strategies are falling apart. So I think in, the, in, in this year's iteration, a third of the work uh, is connected to, directly to activism. 
it's connected directly to in, in pretty much that they've done in you know that we've seen happen in Sao Paulo uh, um, uh, I, I, I think in in New York uh, um, um, in in the about five years ago that it began to happen where the the the, the, the artists are working with creative strategies inside of activism and and there isn't um, there isn't a uh, a distinction between the two, and I think that's what's you know that's definitely what's happening in this year's festival, which is at the end of August, beginning of September. Hi, um, my question is for Remy, but I think it could be answered by Jay as well. Um, I'm thinking about what you said about the, um, you know, um, in relation to the archive or photographs in general or presence. Um, as opposed to uh, the passage of time. And I mean, I'm, I mean, you're pretty clear about what you meant, but I'm curious about um, if you're willing to expand on that and you know, touch on other references. Sure. Um, I think when I'm considering the presence um, within the context of the photographic archive, it would be um, exactly what we were saying in terms of iterations, right? Um, thinking about emotional responses, um, thinking about time as something that um, can be imaged um, simultaneously or explored simultaneously in the present and the past and perhaps hint towards the future rather than something that provides a structured narrative, um, especially um, for me thinking about the relationship between photography as a medium um, in photojournalism and social documentary um, work to the relationship of how um, the master narratives of South African history were told, right, to um, internal publics as well as international publics. It was one that was very much um, where the site of particular spaces within um, the city, the way, that the way that black bodies moved throughout those spaces was animated by photography. So the archive of how we thought about subjectivity um, was one that was really much um, intertwined and like, I guess, like muddled together with photographic production. And so for me, it's really productive to use a different usage of that word, um, to consider the archive and photography in relation to it as something where we can be um, more free um, more diaphanous, perhaps, rather than concrete, um, and allow artists to have ownership over archives. So reconsidering the archive not as a bureaucratic structure, but one of experimentation. So in that way, you know, to be so using um, sites that have been politicized and speak to a uh, concrete or conceived of as a concrete um, existence of black bodies within areas of South Africa, but then re-engaging that and saying, well, no, these are individuals who are born free. They would have never experienced these spaces in the same way in relation to, right, like Lebo Hanghanye, who is imaging her body um, within. She's intervening and she's calling it a collective reinvention of a family archive. And then Mimi, who's saying, well, actually, you know, my life is my archive. I bring these images together that may seem to hint towards certain things, but my experience as an artist is what makes them um, something that is generative. So that's where I'm kind of going with it, yeah. Any more questions?
The silence is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it for a minute. Yeah. I mean, I have a question about tenderness um, in the work. Um, so for me, a lot of um, what has been on my mind um, with regards to production that is um, taxing, that is performative, uh, that that chooses to um, deal with these larger questions of trauma, um, of political existence within South Africa, um, require a type of tenderness, a type of vulnerability um, in that work, regardless of the medium, but specifically um, in relation to performance. Um, so I wonder within the, I guess within the pieces that you've discussed, but also the artists that you're encountering, um, how does a tenderness towards the self or towards a specific collective play out? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's, um, look, the, the I, mean, I mean, there, you know, it's present and it's not. It's, um, I, I mean, I think it's, it's the, the, the you know, the, there was a, you know, to give you an example from Off Center, there was a photography exhibition, or an exhibition of photographs by Wandila Khasibe, who also curated it around the Fees Must Fall protest, right? And so this was the opening of it. And you would think, you know, given the political movement of the time, there was, you know, this was a moment to celebrate, right? There was a. And um, there was a moment to celebrate and to reflect on the achievements of these of these great movements, and uh, the exhibition was disrupted by uh, a trans uh, collective, the trans collective at at the University of Cape Town, and they the you know they uh, they appeared naked and they performed um, they performed a, a a disruption that that couldn't allow this to to occur, and. You know, there was, and there was a moment there for tenderness in a in a in a in a space of of great uh, of great um, 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 upheaval. Uh, there was a moment there of uh, when I think uh, Wandelia was going to was going to talk and 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 some uh, and, and also use some poetry that he had written around his own fears and his own. Um, uh, uh, being extremely vulnerable, you know, with the uh, during that entire spate when when they were being arrested and all of that, and then this incredibly aggressive uh, moment of disruption happened, and so you, I would say that the tenderness probably lasted about five seconds before uh, before whew, it just you know uh, the these um, the, these these students arrived and uh, you know and and began to um, paint over the the frames of the of the again come on Tuesday I'll show you the photographs um, but uh, they pa painted on uh, painted on them and used lipstick and uh, and all of that you know I, I you know and so so. But there is space for the tenderness uh, in in Mamela's piece, the one uh, you know when she used the Bible in interesting ways. Um, she there is there is there is there is uh, there is tenderness that is on an on a knife's edge. It's not it's not the actual thing. It is um, uh, if there is tenderness, it's performed. Um, and then if there are moments of um, where, where there's true tenderness, when one goes there, there is immediate, uh, an immediate sense of, um, 
an awareness of its potential to be performed. And I think a lot of it has also been the response to Desmond Tutu <laughs> in, in a lot of the work because he spoke so much about love and tenderness and, yep. and all of that. And the the and the there's been there's been so such a such a strong feeling, and I'm not just saying it's just a strong feeling because uh uh, it, it's a it's a, it's a feeling that has emanated from various parts of the country, that the the tenderness towards the enemy, the tenderness towards white people, for example, was misplaced, mm. and so there's such a mistrust for this um, this mode of of achieving what needs to be achieved, and because what needs to be achieved, I mean, how do you redistribute the land and redistribute the wealth now, mm. 22 years later? And how do you correct the 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 work the 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 percentages of uh, in terms of poverty, etc.? How do you do that without us not coming out of the neoliberal economy that controls it? Another question. It's quite a predicament to end on if there isn't another question. <laughs> But I do think, I mean, even if this is the end, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is uh, this is a history that is in the making. It is in the process, right? And I mean, as we're sitting here in the United States, in and of itself, dealing with a very historically tinged... Yeah, how about you? Right, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but, I, but you know, I, I think it's important to, um, I guess, within this space, also acknowledge that, you know, for something to be unresolved is can also be productive, right? It means that there is something at stake here. Right, there is an urgency to the work that's being done, rather than expectation of something being clean and clear. Um, exactly. I mean, I, I think that's the that's the I think that's the point, and also about the question around around modes that you know in 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 the future is is that the there is such a self consciousness to, to you know to take what is happening right now and um, and make art about it, and then sell it or displayed in a way you know it's there's so much of self because it is so present that to actually just do these paintings and 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 the, and the, the photography i mean that 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 exhibition bear, you know is a very good symbol of it that it is it is not it's not it's there is just too much self-consciousness. It's not that it's not happening. Of course, you know we've got uh, you know we've got something like the Zeitzmacher. We've got several several galleries that are uh, you know you'll find them here as well. Who are you know are still operating. It's not that it's in it's not operating. But I think performance uh, in many respects uh, foregrounds what's uppermost in many artists' minds. How do you make art about crisis and make a career out of it? Thank you very much yeah, to the you. two of you and to you for coming. Um, if you were too shy to ask some very important question, I'm sure that Jay and Oluremi will stick around for a few minutes. And otherwise, we resume at 5 o'clock uh, with uh, Hatim Bilyamani. <laughs>